Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into episode two of The Walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. South Carolina football capped off a dominating win over Furman in week two. In the home opener at williams Bryce Stadium, as always, I will have two guests to break down all the action that happened over at Willie B. Um, two really, really good guests this week. I have Gamecock Central's very own Wes Mitchell. He is a legend. Really, really good to have him on. And then also 107.5 The Games, Tyler Head. These two, the chemistry between these two was awesome. They're on the radio every day. You will hear from them right after we get to the ads. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for supporting last week. Um, really, really, really good episode with Colin and Kendall. If you haven't seen that yet, go check that out. That is also over on our YouTube page. Now here are some ads. Yeah, first off, this program is brought to you by Liberty Tax. Tax anxiety is on a certain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back, it's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, on your screen, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. And then this program is also brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond. You can see the banner above me. All of our Gamecock Central programming is brought to you by our good friend over at Clinton Hammond in need of help with your mortgage. Call our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well thought out financial strategy that comes with five star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. Once again, his number is also on the screen. It's right above me and everyone else on our Gamecock Central live programming. His number is once again, 803-771-6933, 803-771-6933. Welcome back into the walkthrough. Again, I am your host, intern Joe. That was just a message from our sponsors. Now we get to the good part. This week, I am joined by two guests, both really, really, really good at their jobs. I'm really excited to introduce them. First off, a member of game, the Gamecock Central staff. He's your favorite recruiting insider's favorite recruiting insider. He's been in the game for quite some time now. He is one of the best of the best. The one, the only, Wes Mitchell. Wes, how are we doing today? Joe, what's up, man? I, I will like to say on behalf of both myself and Tyler that we saw your tweet last week, and – 
you said you got the best of the best for episode one in mm. Colin Taylor and Kendall Smith. So, Tyler, you and I are, I guess, third and fourth in Joe's mind. So, I just want to point that out. We <laughs> saw it. We're acknowledging it right here. And um, just wanted to put that on the record. Yeah. And, and Wes was alluding to our next guest, the newest face at 107.5 The Game. Also, again, one of the best of the best, the anchor at 107.5 The Game. The one, the only, Tyler Head. Tyler, how are we doing? Doing good. Uh, nothing wrong with being the the backup to the best, I guess. <laughs> yeah, apparently. apparently. Well, guys, thank you for coming on today. Who has an answer to that, Tyler? You see that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next question, next question. Um, but so, anyways, uh, last night, South Carolina wrapped up um, a victory against Furman in the home opener. Um, they were able to get things done um, with the explosive plays. Guys, just to offer me your first thoughts of uh, what you saw in the game last night. Tyler, you want to go first, man? Yeah, and this is something that we talked about all week, uh, you know, coming off the North Carolina game last week where you kind of got embarrassed to a degree on a national stage. You didn't feel like you go into this Furman game getting answers to a lot of your questions, but you could at least come away from it feeling a little bit more confident that these guys were able to go out there and do their job. And you particularly look at the offensive line last night, protecting Spencer Rattler the way that they weren't able to do that a week ago. And again, you're, you're facing a different animal in Georgia next week, but the fact those guys could go out there last night and say, hey, we did our jobs. We kept Spencer upright. We got some runs going uh, good as well, too. Um, you know, gives them a little bit of confidence going forward, which is one of the goals that you had going into a game like this. Yeah, I thought a, a good game plan from Dow Loggins. You know, he got the ball out on the perimeter quite a bit. Um, some quick throws at the beginning of the game. Obviously, I think they kind of stretched it vertically as the game went on. But for the most part, they kind of extended the running game out into the passing game with quick passes, got the ball out quick. I, I thought just overall this was exactly what South Carolina needed. You look at the schedule. We talked about this too, Tyler. I mean, there's not very many opportunities to kind of empty the bench and get a bunch of guys out there. You know, after watching Muschamp for years kind of wait until very, very late in the game to make those changes and, and wanting to make sure it was completely out of hand, it was honestly a little bit jarring for me. Uh, you know, I know it's year three under Shane Beamer. He went to the backups relatively early in this game. When they, I was a little bit surprised when they pulled Spencer. It's only a 20-point game midway through the third quarter. You're saying, man, Furman's one nice clock-eating drive away from getting right back in this game. But I, I like the fact that Beamer trusted the backups. He went to the young guys. Went to Doty for a drive. Then, of course, everybody's buzzing about Lenora Sellers. I'm sure we'll get to that. But overall, you get so much of a boost from your camaraderie of your bunch when everybody gets to play, man. That, you know, those are some moments. There's There were guys on the field late that, you know, they're not going to be playing in games that are sort of in the balance. So you get to create some memories. Everybody goes into practice this week, I think, feeling pretty good about themselves because so many guys got to play on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. I love the takes, guys. Um, one big part that stood out to me about Saturday was the home opener, the atmosphere at Williams Bryce. Tyler, I know it was your first time at Williams Bryce. Kind of give us the rundown. What what what, what did you see? What were you expecting to live up to expectations? What'd you see? 
Yeah, it absolutely did. I'm, I'm thankful the rain kind of pushed its way out through the middle of the afternoon. We got a nice dry evening and the weather wasn't too hot. Um, good atmosphere. You know, you had the new thing with the new entrance and I thought that was cool. Um, so for the first time experiencing a, a good crowd, a good energy, as we were talking about this before we started recording. I mean, you had a good bulk of the crowd that stayed as well. And a lot of times when you play these, uh, you know, tune up games, so to speak, a lot of people filter out by halftime once you're up by a pretty sizable lead. But, you know, everybody stayed around, especially the student section. Um, I, I like the uh, pretty much standing ovation they gave when Lenore Sellers finally came on the field because obviously everybody's been excited to, uh, to see him. But I thought the energy was good, good atmosphere. And, you know, we talked about it last time playing at Williams Bryce Stadium prior to last night was the Tennessee game. So, uh, you know, a lot of energy coming into this season from how you ended last year and uh, a lot of wanting to see something better than you saw a week ago. And they certainly saw that last night. So I thought the crowd was good. Um, you know, hopefully you can keep that going forward when you have Mississippi State coming to town here in a couple of weeks. But uh, overall, you know, it was it was an SEC environment as I expected. And I thought the crowd was great last night. Absolutely. Wes, you got anything on the crowd? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought for an FCS opponent, uh, you know, Gamecock fans, pat yourselves on the back, man. Like, they they showed out. They were there, uh, you know, in the stadium relatively early, too, I thought. Like y'all said, they stayed till the end. Um, you know, generally you see in these games kind of the upper corners of, I guess that would be the east side, is kind of the last spot to fill in in the stadium, and, and they were pretty filled in. Good decision by the administration to go ahead and, fulfill all the student ticket requests as well. That's a, a smart decision, I think, in order to pack it even more. Uh, shout out to the students. They stayed late. That's not always the case for an FCS game at all. And, um, you know, I think you could kind of tell that it's been a long time since South Carolina fans had had a chance to get out there, tailgate, um, be in the stadium because they they took full advantage. And, and even with the rain, you know, it was kind of – it was nasty earlier in the day, just uh, not – you know, not really dangerous weather, but just the humidity was awful. The rain was bad and everybody kind of stuck it out and, and hung in there. Um, and, and lots of ovations, like Tyler said, you had Lenoris get the standing O. Uh, you know, you could feel the buzz for Nick Harbor making his first, you know, not only first catch, first touchdown. Uh, I just thought it was a really, really good night all the way around. And, and South Carolina fans certainly proved, you know, much like they did in Charlotte last week. I thought they kind of took over Charlotte last week. Uh, there is a good amount of buzz running within this program, even with the loss last week. You can see how much the fans surrounding this program care about this football team. I know certainly earlier on in my collegiate career during the must champ days, I mean, if it was a non-conference opponent and you were blowing them out, nobody was staying. I mean, half the student body was already in five points at that point. So um, I was impressed just to see how many students stuck around towards the end of the game. They were actually excited to see Lenoris and Nick go out there. And two, I mean, they knew how significant Lenoris and, and Nick getting into the game was. I, I mean, I think that's also different to anywhere else in the country, really a student body that that knows the roster from top to down. Um, so I, I was impressed with that. Shout out to the student body um, for, for staying in the game and, and just supporting, you know, the guys that, that got in late in the game. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so getting to it, we'll get to the freshmen a little bit later, just kind of breaking down their performances. But from the starters, guys, what do you see? Um, I guess we'll start with the quarterback. Um, Spencer Rattler had a another career day. He got the game ball from Shane Beamer. We've seen that video. Let's sit up. 25 of 27 for 345 yards. You're going to get a game ball and you're going to win most of your games. Another lights out performance from guys. Um, what did you guys see from him? 
Yeah, about as close to perfect as you can get. What, he missed only two of the uh, 25 or so passes that he attempted, got three touchdowns last night, and most importantly, you know, the offensive line kept him upright, and uh, he didn't take any sacks. So a great start of the season for Spencer. Uh, the, this is four straight regular season games. He's now thrown for over 300 yards, so we're finally seeing that quarterback that we expected to see when he came into South Carolina a year ago, and obviously it was uh, you know rough trading through those first Ten games a season ago, but he seemed to have hit, seems to have hit his stride. And one thing that really stuck out to me last night, which goes hand in hand with him being protected better, was just being able to hit some more of those explosive plays downfield. Obviously, they played a lot of the horizontal stuff last week just because he didn't have a lot of time to get the ball out. But um, you know, throwing things a lot more downfield last night, and the this connection that he has with Xavier Leggett, and obviously we expected Juice Wells to be wide receiver one coming into the season and he's been limited in these first couple of weeks but Xavier Leggett has stepped up exceptionally well and uh done, did another great job last night with uh hauling in another uh, over 100 yard performance as well I think one of those was on a spike uh you know to stop the clock and then the other one was a, a little out route towards juice that was a little bit high but he threw the ball away from the defender so it's kind of one of those things I'm going to put in a spot where only my guy can make a play so I mean, protected the football. His only two incompletions are not even mistakes. So uh, just super impressive. I had really extremely high expectations for Spencer Rattler based on everything I was hearing, you know, throughout the program, throughout preseason ball. And he somehow has actually exceeded even those expectations. And, and like I said, they were very, very high. Um, he's not missing throws that are there. Um He's on time for the most part, even the fact he's in a new offense. I think he and Dal Loggins have very quickly sort of gotten on the same page about what is expected of him and how to kind of operate this offense. I think that goes unnoticed a bit. They had they had one time last night, I think, where everybody was kind of looking to the sidelines. They were trying to get lined up correctly, and there was some communication, and Spencer just called timeout. In two games under a new offensive coordinator, I think that's really the first time I've seen where guys look confused about getting lined up. So, uh, you know, you have that when you have a, a new bunch together, you know, a new offense coordinator, new things, you know, new way of calling things up. So I think that's a fantastic sign. It just points to his leadership and the fact he is in complete command of, of this offense and everything they're doing. I, I, I already kind of had the thought, but Beamer said it in the post game in that little video clip they posted where they were giving Spencer the game ball. They're, they're going to have a chance, even we all saw what happened against UNC, but even with that, they're going to have a chance to hang in there in most every game they play if they can just give Rattler a little bit of time to operate because he's going to give them a shot. And these receivers, I'm sure we maybe will dive into them at some point as well, but these receivers are as good, if actually probably better, I think, better than advertised so far through two games. Yeah, absolutely. I, again, echoing the praises for Spencer, was really impressed. Wes, that one time where they did look confused, I know this week, I think it was Dowell and Shane kind of brought it up about the uh, communication factor. College quarterbacks, as we know, aren't allowed to have the coaches in their ear. I think, I mean, if you had that, the offense would be one of the smoothest running offenses in the country. Um, they look on the same page. And Wes, I also liked your point about Spencer and the expectations for this year. We knew they were going to be higher. Um, just to see if he could keep the consistency that he played with in the last two games down the stretch last year. And he's, he is, he's exceeding that um, with flying colors. I mean, he's a leader off on and off the field. 
Um, and then with his play, um, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And that's saying a lot because this quarterback class is really, really stacked. And I mean, I would go as far as saying he's one of the top three, if not top two quarterbacks in the country on paper, right? Um, week one was a little tough because he got brought down so many times. But again, I think if he keeps playing the way he you know, has been, this team will be able to compete, like you guys have said. Um, so getting into the line of scrimmage a little bit, we hinted on it um, with Spencer getting sacked. Going into this game, we knew that the FCS opponent, the line of scrimmage wouldn't be as good compared to the defensive backs and the offensive skill guys. Um, guys, we knew the offensive line struggled in week one. Obviously, what did you see um, in, in terms of an improvement from week one to week two? Obviously, a huge improvement in pass protection, again, keeping Spencer upright the entire time that he was out there. I still think there's a little bit of a concern when it comes to the running game, and South Carolina was able to get just over 100 yards rushing, and then, you know, you had to carry on Joyner Squirt for a pretty big run on that opening drive, and Juju had a couple of decent runs as well. The guys were able to get to the second level of the defense, which is a big step up from what they were a week ago, but, and again, when you kind of look at the quality of the opponent and, and the um uh, run stopping ability that, that they had, um, you know, that that's kind of an apples to oranges comparison to what you're going to be facing on a week in week out basis. So I think there's still a little bit of a concern there, but obviously again, keeping Spencer upright was one of the big objectives coming into last night and they did a really good job with that. And, um, you know, we'll see how that run, uh, run blocking ability, uh, can continue to progress going forward, hopefully. Yeah, I think Loggins called it a work in progress going into the game. And, you know, I think it is still that the, uh, you know, I think you can build off of this if you're the South Carolina offensive front. I think if you're the staff, you know, if you're fans watching it, you do still have questions. And some of that to me is going to surround, you know, who who are your best five? I, I think you're still kind of trying to work through that. And, you know, you look at this group, they started, uh, you know, pretty much a similar group to what we saw last week. And they did a lot of rotation. We saw Trovon Ball, the freshman, get his first, uh, you know, playing time you know, of his college career. We saw Tree Babalade make his debut. You know, it seems like they want to continue to bring those guys along. How quickly will they feel comfortable doing that? You know, what does that look like this week at Georgia where, you know, you're not going to want to maybe throw freshmen into that against a, a obviously a great opponent, very talented front in that atmosphere. But as the year goes on, I think you're going to see more and more of these young guys get into the mix. I mean, Joyner, like Tyler said, he did have a nice – he had a 16-yarder, but still, you know, 11 carries for 42 yards. That's a 3.8 average. Um, you know, you want your lead back to, to have enough room to, to have a little bit better numbers than that, I, I feel like. Um, you know, as the game went on, I, I thought there was some room to run, but you don't – you know, once you start talking about both teams have backups in, it really tells you even less – than, uh, than what it does just in general starters, you know, versus an FCS opponent. So uh, definite improvement. I think the big thing is just confidence. You can have some confidence if you're in that building. If you're the staff, you're going to sort of build that up, what you saw on tape. Um, but in terms of matchups, you obviously are going to face much tougher matchups from here on out in, in terms of that. So uh, I would say incomplete still there, still lots of questions, work in progress. Um, we'll learn a lot, obviously, this coming week uh, in Athens for South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Garrett Anderson, um, former South Carolina offensive lineman, was on the post game show last night. If you guys missed that, go check that out. The replay is up on YouTube. 
gave me some good insight just about um, what the difference is going from an FCS opponent to Georgia. He said, you really don't think about it as much going from, you know, uh, an FCS lower level opponent to the five-star in Georgia. He said, at the end of the day, you're still blocking the guy in front of you. So um, obviously the offensive line needs to execute a little bit better this week. Certainly a building block, um, especially for Gargiulo versus Sean Lee. I think they lived up to the expectations that they set for themselves in the presser about just being better and working together as a unit. They did that exactly. Tough one on the road next week. We'll see that Georgia defensive line is really, really good. Guys, I wanted to get into the receiving core a little bit. Um, week one, it looked like this room wasn't as deep as we had actually thought this week. The expectations kind of flipped on its head a little bit. A lot of guys, um, you know, going deep and, and, and putting up some pretty big numbers. Um, what did you guys see from this receiving core and – um, who, who impressed you the most? Oh, once again, you know, you saw Xavier Leggett step up and, and Juice Wells was out there for a little bit. I believe you hauled in one catch, but we knew he was going to be limited given the fact that he's still dealing with that nagging injury that he's, uh, you know, had through camp and everything. But Xavier Leggett stepped up once again, going over a hundred yards and looking great. And, and he and Rattler obviously seemed to have a really good chemistry with one another. Somebody that really impressed me last night was, was Eddie Lewis. And, and when Amarian Brown went down with that injury, on the uh, on the punt return, Eddie Lewis slid into his role right there in the slot and went out there and had a really great performance. And uh, let's see here, hauled in six catches for 89 yards, didn't get himself into the end zone, but overall a really, really good performance there. So that kind of shows you you have some options there in the slot. And we'll see what happens with uh, Miriam Brown going forward as far as far as, uh, you know, his injury goes. But Eddie Lewis, somebody that obviously has a lot of experience playing in Memphis. And we kind of thought was mainly going to be a role player when it came to special teams on punt returns and stuff like that, but did a really good job when inserted into the offense for the first time yeah i mean tyler sort of nailed it obviously Leggett. i mean there's not even much else for me to add there i mean he's been great um and has clearly been the guy spencer rattler has turned to i thought that was interesting early on how um much of a concerted effort spencer seemed to be to get the ball in Leggett's hands uh you know eddie lewis is a guy frankly you know i'll be honest i don't, I don't want to say i had kind of written him off but when he first when they first landed him out of the transfer portal I thought he might be a guy who would push for a starting spot. And then you saw throughout the offseason, those three main guys, A, B, X, and Juice, just sort of took over those three spots. And I just frankly didn't hear a ton about Eddie Lewis leading into the season. We didn't really see him last week except for catching a punt. So um, seeing him out there and seeing him get open, make plays, I thought that was a great sign for the depth of this group, especially with A, B now banged up. Honestly, guys, my my expectations were maybe too low for the entire group as a whole. Leggett, I mean, I keep saying this, um, confidence is a heck of a drug. Like, that's the same guy that, um, you know, basically was dropping passes and creating interceptions last year against SC State. He looks like an NFL, like, first or second round pick at this point. So, kudos to him for working his tail off, building that confidence within himself and going out there and doing it. Um, you know, Tyshawn Russell is kind of the the guy of that freshman class that nobody really was talking about. I think he's had some good moments. Um, you know, I, I thought that was great to see just for the future of that bunch. And, uh, and going back to A.B., if you're Carolina, you're really hoping that's not a long-term lingering injury because, you know, I think I even personally downplayed what he could mean to this offense. He, before he got hurt, looked fantastic we saw him make some plays in space last week we saw him making guys miss last night and um, when you start talking about 
Juice, X, AB, throw in Eddie Lewis, continue to bring along the freshman. And then how about Luke Doty? I mean, Luke Doty looks incredibly natural as a wide receiver for a guy who is a quarterback. A lot of these quarterbacks make that move, and they don't look very natural running around or making plays. Luke has done nothing but get open and catch the ball through two weeks. I mean, he has me thinking I, I'm – I'm working more and more on this thing with Luke and bringing him along at wide receiver. He he may have a he may have a future as a wide receiver. Like I don't I think we're at the point we can start to say that and start to talk about that. So I I think that's exciting for that group and exciting for Luke. Um, obviously, fantastic dude. Everybody in that program is pulling for him. Great leader. I'm I'm super happy for Luke to be finding a path to making a big impact on this team. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I love both of those takes. I was going to get into Luke Doty after this, Wes, so thank you for bringing him up. And then, Tyler, Eddie Lewis was really the guy that stood out to me the most. Um, Wes, you said it perfectly, too. Coming in, you would think you thought he was going to play a bigger role in the offense and then just kind of dipped um, and and just kind of flew under the radar. I had always been kind of hopeful, realizing that he was going to be the next man up. Um, I understood that he had that speed. I've heard that he's has really good ground speed um, and not obviously not as fast as Nick Harbor, but was added to provide speed to the room. Not the biggest guy in the world, but yeah, very impressed with Eddie Lewis. Um, very happy for him to be able to get in there and step up when his number was called. Um, and obviously for, for AB, you hope that he gets better because with AB in that room and then Eddie Lewis showing what he can do. And then two, obviously Luke Doty, this room is deeper than we thought it was at the beginning of the year. And I think that that game just showed it. Um, so Luke Doty, very, very, very big game out of him. Um, two things for me out of that performance. One, I think it tells you that South Carolina is comfortable with using Lenora Sellers. If something freak happens to Luke Doty while he's playing wide receiver. Um, and I think we, we saw that last night. We'll get into again, Lenoris in a little bit, but it's, it's hard not to talk about his performance. And then two, Doty um, in his midweek press conference this last week compared learning wide receiver again to riding a bike. You know, he's like, I've done it before and it's just like riding a bike, I, you know, just getting the hang of it again. You never really lose it. So I think we saw that. And he also mentioned that he and Spencer kind of have a connection that nobody in the wide receiver room really has because they both play the quarterback position and they understand, um, you know, each other's roles. So I think that was huge. So very, very, very good night for Luke Doty. Really good team guy, South Carolina guy through and through. So he's the type of guy that you want to have a breakout night in, in games like those. Um, and you can point to just say like, hey, he's been working hard on and off the field. So huge night for Luke Doty. Um, so, yeah, guys, we want to get into it. The freshmen were huge. Um, Wes, you brought it up earlier. Um, Shane and, and Dowell pulled Spencer with in a 20-point game with like 10 minutes to go in the third quarter to get, you know, the depth going a little bit. Do you guys think that helped the depth, um, you know, succeed? Like walk me through that decision and, and just what you saw out of some of the reserve guys that were able to come into the game. Yeah, I think it absolutely was a, a good decision. And, you know, while, yeah, maybe it felt like it was a little bit early because if Furman would have got another touchdown, they were like, oh, do we have to put the starters back in now? But everything ended up working out. And, uh, yeah, Luke Doty what, got the one series, and then you put in Lenora Sellers. And, again, everybody was very excited to see him out there and the connection that he had, you know, with, uh, you know, the other freshman receivers, Tyshawn Russell, and then uh, Nick Harbour as well. It was really, really good to see. We obviously saw, you know, glimpses of that athleticism, 
back in the spring game a little bit, but finally seeing against another opponent. And yes, it's an FCS team. So, you know, it's it, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But but still, a lot of things to be excited about for Norris Sellers. And you certainly see the future of this program being very, very bright just from that offensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, putting that arm talent on display with 50-yard bomb to um, Russell and then again, finding Harbor a little bit later on was uh, was really great. And, you know, obviously everybody's very excited about what this recruiting class was. And finally seeing some of those guys going out there and making plays is uh, really cool. As, as Wes mentioned, you know, you had Tree Babalade and Trevon Ball get some reps on the offensive line as well. And, you know, with, with you know, question marks going forward, there still, especially at the tackle spots, you wonder how those guys are going to be able to potentially factor in. And the fact they were able to get some live reps is, uh, you know, certainly good. And, um, you know, we'll see uh, what, if any, impact they have going forward once we get into SEC play. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we could probably talk about the freshmen for an entire episode. Um, there's a lot to dive into there. Um, you know, and, and I think looking at at Tree and uh, and Troy Ball, those those guys were in the game pretty early too. So I, I don't even quite put them in the same bucket as the other guys we saw. Like I I think this staff um, was very much trying them out to try to find out. All right, can these guys help us in our regular rotation and potentially start, you know push for a starting job? Um, the other guys I, I think are guys you're going to need as this season progresses. A lot of that will be determined by injuries, I think, and just who can keep pushing at positions that are maybe a little bit light on depth. Um, you know, Jalen Kilgore in my head, I almost already don't, it's not fair, but I almost don't consider him a freshman. Like he's just running around out there like a veteran guy. Um, I think he's leading the team in tackles right now, maybe, or is way up there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, led the team in tackles last night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and had a great night in week one too, being just thrown into the fire. So um, Kilgore looks awesome. But obviously, fan base buzzing about Lenora Sellers, rightfully so. You know, I, I would be the first one to say, guys, it's four passes. But at the same time, this matches what we've been hearing about Sellers since he arrived in Columbia. Um, you know, you kind of just because he's a freshman, you have to kind of tamp down the expectations a little bit. But at the same time, just out of fairness to him, you know, at the same time, I have yet to hear anybody say one negative word about the guy. It's like, he uh, he is everything he's uh, kind of built to be. And even some of the throws, the, the bomb, obviously everybody's talking about that. That was yeah. that was a dime. Like you you it's cannot you, right here. You, Second and sixteen, empty backfield. Sellers. He's going deep. A shot to the end zone. could not have dropped the ball there any like any more perfectly but you know the, the back shoulder throw to harbor that's a pretty advanced throw actually in its own right and he put it right where it needed to be harbor made a great adjustment on the ball and went and got it especially for a guy who hasn't played a ton of wide receiver you know we think of harbor being the burner but that was a, a great body control adjustment to the ball the other two throws I haven't rewatched the game I, I think one sellers rolled out and found a guy on the run then I think the other was an over the middle, maybe a little slant route that he put into a good spot. Um, I think the Peyton Manger, maybe I don't, I don't remember who caught it, but um, all four throws were were on the money. And I I think as this year goes on, you got to start thinking about getting your two hundred and forty five pound quarterback in some of these running situations. I know you don't ever want to take seven off the field, but if we're going to continue to have conversations about 
you know, what's happening with the running game? Can they fix the running game? Having that threat changes the entire dynamics of how a team has to defend you. So I think in certain situations, you know, third and two, goal line, when you want to add in that additional hat, you would call it. So that's one more person the defense has to account for in the running game. I think you got to consider getting 16 in there a little bit more. And uh, Joe, 100% agree on your point about having Sellers and him doing what he's doing so far in practice and now in a short, small sample size in a game gives you the ability to feel very good about playing Luke at wide receiver and letting that be truly something he does as opposed to just a package. Like it feels like he can truly play wide receiver as opposed to just, ah, we're going to throw Luke out there for 15 plays and, and just let him be a backup. Like Luke can play wide receiver on this team because of Lenora Sellers. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. I kind of noticed that when, when they were saying Luke was getting some reps and everything we had heard about Sellers just going into it. You're right, Wes, not really a negative word. And I mean, we've talked to him in the media and stuff like that. Seems like a great kid, great leader, very cool, calm and collected. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of maybe a, a Sellers package. Um, my only concern with that is the red shirt um, because you do have a talented quarterback room. Next year, you you have Doty um, and you have, you know, Dante Reno coming in. Maybe Dante competes for the start. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, just very, very, very impressed with Lenore Sellers. Um, Wes, you, you don't brought care up... about red shirts anymore, Joe. I was going to say, I was going to say in today's world of college football, you know, with the, with the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff, I don't think placing an emphasis on red shirts, red shirting guys is as high as it once was. Yeah, red shirts, done. We don't care about yeah. those. If you can help go play you probably get a year back at some point anyway it seems like yeah, that's true. if you want to stay you end up getting to stay these days so yeah. if i man i can't watch 16 and we saw the arm on display but this dude's 240 plus pounds and can move um i gotta think if you're a team struggling to run the football you can find a way that this guy can help you. So yeah. I, I'm not even thinking about a red shirt if I'm South Carolina. I like that thought too, because I mean, you do worry about that when you have a guy that's next in line, right? Like preserve his eligibility and hold on to him for as long as possible. But that also brings up the question, if he is that talented, is he going to stay the the full length anyways? Like, right. Like, you know, it, he, he would, mo if he is as talented as he's built up to be, he would most likely leave after his junior year. Anyway, so it wouldn't necessarily matter. So I, I like that thought. And it's interesting to hear that Sellers has officially reached that level where you're not even concerned about the red shirt anymore. So um, really interesting take, Wes. I love it. Um, but you did. You brought up one freshman on defense in particular. I know we've been really offensive heavy this show because there was an offensive outpouring. But um, talking about the defense a little bit, for me, I think the defense did a lot better from week one. Um, what they had talked about, just adjustments that they needed to make was just – tackle better I mean they were in the right spots Clayton White's defense we know if you fill the hole correctly and you're in the right spot and you tackle things will go well we saw that on Saturday um guys just walk me through quickly what you saw from the defense who stood out to you the most and uh you know what 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 do you need to do or what can you carry from this week into Georgia if anything 
I think the defense just gained a lot of confidence from finally being able to get into the backfield, get some tackle for losses, finally get a couple of sacks on uh, Tyler Huff last night. And one play that stuck out to me in particular was when uh, Stone Blanton laid the wood to him in the end zone. It wasn't a sack. He got the ball off, but just the fact that he was able to come in there, you know, unevaded and get a hit on the quarterback, like that's a confidence builder and something that's really key. And obviously saw a good play in the secondary last night. Marcellus dialed a couple of pass deflections and felt good about that overall. And yeah, you know, Furman jumped out and got a couple of touchdowns early on in the game that made you a little bit worried but once they settled in the defense played really well and then you know they got that last touchdown off of Tanner Bailey fumbling and giving them you know short field so pretty much for 90 percent of the game you felt really good about the way the defense was playing and again it's a confidence builder um you know uh, going into SEC play starting next week yeah on that play man Tyler Huff Furman's quarterback let's hat tip to him man that the the way he got that ball off on getting smashed by Stone I mean that was one of the biggest hits uh, you know, of the year so far, and he's still got it out there. Kudos to him, a gritty performer. But, yeah, I, I think South Carolina's linebacker play, and, you know, we we had really talked about Stone coming into the season. Based on what we've seen through two games, we were not talking about Debo enough, man. Like, this guy looks like a bona fide SEC starter at that position. South Carolina's run defense issues the last couple of years a lot of that, I'm afraid to say, has been about just lack of athleticism at the linebacker position. These two guys have been really good for you so far. I'm interested to see if they can keep bringing Pup along, bring Bam Martin Scott along, sort of build that depth there. But Clayton White was very excited about these two linebackers coming in. But you don't you don't ever know, is that just excitement internally about, hey, they're doing everything that's asked, they're um, – you know, they don't miss assignments. That can be different when you face an opponent and you kind of have to match up, right? Well, I, I think from what we've seen so far, this is an improved linebacking core. I'm interested to see how they can continue to progress as we see what they look like against SEC opponents. But so far, so good there. You know, Furman, like Tyler said, they got you on the short field at the end with a bunch of third team guys in. They got you on the trick play early on. South Carolina even made them earn that one. You know, it went to four downs down there at the goal line. So they had to – I think Carolina just had to settle in a little bit. They were probably antsy, big crowd, home opener. Um, you know, but for the most part, they kind of did what they needed to do against a Furman offense that can really be annoying to play, I feel like, because they kept – they're going to dink and dunk you. They're going to try to stay on the field. They're going to milk the clock. They did have a couple of big plays off of uh, – like tunnel screens, like quick throws to the wide receivers that I think South Carolina will want to clean up on some third and long so they caught Carolina, um, you know, maybe out of position or something. But for the most part, I think it's something you can build from. Um, they got to keep building depth on defense. They need to get Nick E back. But Jalen Kilgore, man, I mentioned him earlier. This kid is the real deal. And it uh, doesn't even feel like he's a freshman anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think the linebackers, they made a great adjustment early on um, to just be able to fill fill the gaps well, tackle. We saw that with Stone, the big hit. Um, I think him and Debo both are flying around there with good confidence going into Georgia. It's exactly what you need. Uh, missing Mo Kaba, that stinks. But I think next man out, Pop Howard, stepped into that role well. He's starting to look, give us shades of Stone Blanton from last year. I know Stone was thrust into um, the starting role pretty early, but um, you know I think Pop is going to have a good time coming along, developing. He's got the frame, got the size to be a really, really good linebacker in this league. So 
with two leaders like Stone and Debo, I think it's gravy um, for Pop to come up through the ranks. All right, guys, getting uh, looking ahead this week into Georgia. I mean, it's arguably the the toughest opponent on your schedule next to your arch rival Clemson. Um, what do you guys think about this week? Like, can they do it? Is it is it possible to go into Athens and and pull off the upset again like they did in 2019 during my freshman year of college, which is crazy to be saying, but um, yeah. Can, is it, is it possible? If, if they're going to pull this upset off, it's going to have to come through scoring a lot of non-offensive touchdowns, in my opinion, getting some takeaways, interceptions, fumble recoveries, really getting uh, you know, taking advantage of special teams, which you obviously know that South Carolina is, uh, is very good at because Georgia's defense is, tough. I mean, that's, you know, no surprise to anybody. And, you know, when you look at the first two games they played against UT Martin and Ball State, you know, they beat them how they were supposed to beat them. So you still haven't seen Georgia face a truly tough opponent yet. But when you look at how deep they are rotating on defense all across the board, it's what you expect with Georgia. And it's going to be very tough for the South Carolina offense to, uh, to find the end zone this coming Saturday. So you're going to have to find other ways to get scores again through defense and through special teams. And if they can do that, I think they have a chance to make things interesting but uh, certainly going to be an uphill battle uh, going into Athens this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, can can they win? Of, of course they can. You know, I, I think anytime you go into a game like this, uh, you got a chance. Uh, are the percentages in your favor? You know, of course not. And uh, it'd have to be a weird game to an extent. And, uh, you know, like Tyler said, I, I go back to, to number seven. Like, if, if Rattler can just take over the game, which that – there's a lot of other variables outside of his hands that um, could keep him from being able to do that. And we go back to our never ending conversation about the offensive line. So, um, you know, can, can they give him a little bit of time? Can those extension running plays like those perimeter throws that are throws in the stats, but are really probably considered runs internally, they're going to have to continue to hit those like they did against firm and they're gonna have to block on the outside as well because up the middle and just kind of trying to run right at this Georgia defense probably not not going to find much success if you're South Carolina look at the game this past week they stayed out of third and long well against a defense like Georgia you're going to find yourself getting back into those third and longs that's when the defense can pin their ears back and then that's when your quarterback really does get hit a bunch so you know can they keep those somewhat manageable will be an early key to this game Seven will have to continue to play lights out. I think if you can find one advantage, I don't even want to say it's an advantage because obviously Georgia is good in the secondary too, but one place where I think South Carolina will match up with every team they play will be Carolina's receivers and quarterback against the secondary that they're facing. But the only way you unlock that is if you can give those guys enough time to operate and get down the field. So it is a tall task. We all know that, and it's in Athens. So that adds an entire different layer to it. But um, I, I do like what Beamer said, and I think he'll keep saying this internally. As long as seven is the quarterback at South Carolina, they're going to go into every game feeling like they at least have a puncher's chance. And I, I think they'll go into this game with that same mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think there needs to be some kind of black magic voodoo touchdown, um, but we know how easily Pete Lembo can tap into that. Um, he is a wizard with the, the weird and wild touchdowns of football. So um, it's good to have a guy like Pete on your side. And also, too, when you have a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, it puts you in any game, um, let alone a big one with the defending 
two-time defending national champions um, in their home stadium. Um, so, yeah, I, I will give more of my thoughts of the game on Tuesday with Talking Tuesday with, with Mike Yuva on YouTube. We go live every week. Um, guys, real quick, before I get you out of here, do you guys want to plug um, what, what you guys are on, what you guys got coming up? Yeah, uh, obviously we'll have the uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs uh, each and every day this week, Monday through uh, Friday from 11 till 12 on uh, 107.5 The Game. I'll be on uh, with Colin Taylor of Gamecock Central as well from 9 to 10 uh, pretty much every single morning this week as well. And I believe, I haven't gotten the full schedule for the week yet, but I believe we're also going to be doing the noon to 3 uh, halftime show as well. So full reaction Monday tomorrow. So if you want to call in, give your thoughts on uh, how you feel coming away from Saturday and Looking ahead to Georgia, feel free, 803-404-6100. We'd uh, love, for, love to hear from you. And uh, hopefully this week everybody's feeling a little bit better than they did uh, a week ago. Yeah, I mean, GameGuyCentral.com, obviously. I'll be there all week. Uh, written content, uh, there's too much to even run down. Uh, like Tyler said, 11 to noon, GameGuy Central takeover hour. Be on the lookout, Garnet Trust um, hour this week. We might have some guests people want to hear from. So. What, from what I understand, one of those guests may actually be pushed to our podcast because of timing. Uh, GC Live is on, for Chris and I is on Monday at 2. I believe we might be moving Garnet Trust Hour to tomorrow um, to handle some schedules. So our hope, I'll just say it like this, our hope is that we're going to have someone on who can throw the ball very well, and we're going to have someone on who runs very fast. So. That would be my tease for those two. Uh, certainly a couple of guys, Gamecock fans, want to hear from. One, maybe a freshman. One, maybe a veteran who has missed, like, zero throws this year. So, so not finalized, but that's what we're working on. Yeah, I really I really wonder who that is, Wes. The anticipation will be killing me. Um, boys, thank you again for coming on. It is always a pleasure. We will definitely have to get you on before the season closes um thank you again for tuning in to the walkthrough tune in again next week same time same place you know the drill thanks guys absolutely step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.